Open your Bibles this morning to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. We've discovered that the selfish life is the empty life, that the self-centered life is the miserable life, that the giving life is the fulfilling life, and the unselfish life is the satisfying life. If you want to be happy, live your life to be a giver. And love not only in word only, but love also in word and truth. Father, just like Donnie Moore prays, I ask for help, and I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. I'm born of love. How about you? He that loves not knows not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us. Because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us. And sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. So we've seen in past uh, lessons that we owe the debt of love. Owe no man anything but to love Him. Verse 12, no man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. Hereby, we know that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world. Whoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. And we have known and believed that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Pay particular attention to that little phrase, we have known and believed. You know, many people know about the love of God, but they don't believe it. Many people know that Jesus is their Savior, but they really have not put their faith in him. Others know that Jesus is their healer, or that he can heal, but they really don't quite believe it. But thank God I'm looking at a group of people that know the love of God and have faith in the love of God. Amen. Verse 17, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. Just as He is love, so are we love, because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And so we are his representatives of love in the earth. How many of you know that when the world sees love in us, they're really seeing him? Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in the love of God. How can you tell when a person is walking in fullness of love and they're developed in the love of God? Well... One indicator will be no fear. My good friend Keith Moore says this, If Satan cannot scare you, he cannot stop you. Amen? So we're learning more about the love of God, and we're becoming more fully developed in God's love. And if you failed last week, just pick yourself right up, repent, and go on, hit it again. Amen? Amen. Now, if you hit somebody, don't hit them again. (laughs) Verse 19, We love him because he first loved us. And then turning over to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, which has been given unto us. 
Now notice in verse 8 of this same context, he talks about while we were yet sinners, God commended his love toward us. I like that, don't you? And in verse 10 it says, Even when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son. Much more now, being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. I like the fact that he loved me while I was his enemy. And that enables me and gives me courage to love my enemies. You know, Jesus instructed us not to curse our enemies, but to bless our enemies. Not to punch our enemies out, but to lift our enemies up. I can tell you're enthused about that. All right. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. Now, I understand because it goes contrary to your flesh. But we're not living in the flesh anymore. We've chosen to live our life in the Spirit. We're walking in the Spirit, and therefore we are not going to then fulfill the lust of the flesh. The first fruit of the the recreated human spirit is the love of God. Now notice in Matthew 5, 44, Jesus said this to us, But I say unto you, love your enemies. How can I love my enemies? Only by the grace of God and only by the love of God on the inside of you. Bless them that curse you. In other words, don't cuss them out. You ought not to be cussing as a Christian anyhow. If you did cuss, repent, get straight, get right. Amen? Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Well, pastor, I'll pray for them. I can pray a little blessing over them, but do good to them. Send them a card. Buy them a birthday gift. Bake them some cookies. Visit them in the hospital. You must be crazy. No, I'm not crazy. I'm reading the red here now. I'm reading the red. Amen? So Jesus said, bless them. Do good to them and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Man, that's easy to do that for your friends, isn't it? But it's not so easy to do it to your enemies. Those that have insulted you. Those that have bitten your back. Those that have talked about you. Those that have lied about you. That's not easy, is it? Martin Luther King says this. He said, love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. Amen? Only by the love of God can that happen. Amen? So you make sure in your heart that you're right. Your enemy may never get right. We pray that they'll get right. We pray that they'll be right. But as for you and your own heart, you stay right in your heart. You stay in the love zone. If you stay in the love zone, you're in a zone that never fails. You're in a zone that always succeeds. You're in a zone where the presence of the Lord will saturate your home, saturate your car, saturate your body. You cannot lose when you're walking in the love of God. Amen. Love your enemies. Now, here's what the Bible says. He says, bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Then he says, be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Do good. Be a blessing. Peter says it like this. Never returning evil for evil or insult for insult, scolding, tongue lashing or berating, but on the contrary, blessing. Praying for their welfare, happiness and protection. Think about that. Well, why should I do that? The rest of the verse says that you yourselves may inherit a blessing from God. Amen? How many of you want to enjoy life? How many of you want to live a long life? Well, the Bible says if you want to enjoy life and see good days, 
good whether apparent or not. Keep your tongue free from evil and your lips from speaking guile, treachery, or deceit. Amen. Amen. So what I'm saying to you today is don't take matters into your own hand. Don't take matters into your own hand. It's like this one preacher was upset with a person in the church talking about them and telling lies about them. And, you know, preachers, you know, are just as natural as you are. You know it's natural for a preacher to want to whip a church member? (laughs) I mean, it's just as natural for a preacher to get in the flesh as it is for Raul. Well, Raul's a preacher. But you've got to hold that flesh in check. Your flesh is not saved. The flesh says, you punch me, I'll punch you twice. You spit on me, I'll spit on you. But that's not the way of the kingdom. Thank God. But he was upset. And he says, I'm going to go over to his house and whip him right now. And he was under subjection to a wise old minister. And he said, well, now you might be able to... To whip him, he says, you might be able to whip a skunk, but you may not want to because when you're finished, you'll smell just like him. (laughs) You know, it might just satisfy your flesh just for a moment. But I tell you what, unforgiveness and strife is stinky stuff. So the crux of this message will be in the next 20 minutes. So listen very carefully. Here we move on now. We found out that how we keep the love command. Amen. And last week we talked about love does no harm. Mm -hmm. Love works no ill to his neighbor. Amen? Amen. And we talked about how that love prefers one another's brother and sister. Shows deference too. Now the next one we want to look at here for just a little while is this thought that love gives and love forgives. Say this with me. Love Love gives and love forgives. forgives. Now turn in your Bibles over to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, notice with me in verse 31 and 32. And we see here something that's really important for us to not have in our lives. Because this stuff will eat your lunch spiritually. It's not worth it. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. And by the way, in Ephesians 4, the Apostle Paul is dealing with the walk of the believer. In the first part of Ephesians, he deals with the wealth of the believer. And in the last part of Ephesians, he deals with the warfare of the believer. So what we're reading today now is talking about our walk as believers. Our walk as Christians. Notice with me in verse 31. Let all bitterness, how much? And wrath and anger and clamor. What's clamor anyway? Anybody know? Chatter, talking, and clamor. Thank you. And clamor and evil speaking. Let it be put away from you with all malice. Now the things that we just saw there and listed there are really spiritual contraband for believers. It's spiritual contraband. Ought not to be in our lives. How many of you know that if you're bitter on the inside you got some bitterness on the inside, it'll show up on the outside. Sooner or later, you're going to wear it on your face. Those who take out frustrations on others that have nothing to do with it, sometimes husbands do that with their wives. Wives do that with their husbands. They've had a bad day, so they go take it out on the kids. They go take it out on their mate. 
How many of you know if that stuff's in you, it's going to come out of you? But I believe today that you can get free from it. And I believe that we can get rid of it and stay rid of it. Now notice in verse 32, and be kind one to another. Be kind to fellow believers. Be kind to people at your house. You're going to have to watch out for the elbows today. No, I'm talking to you. The Lord's talking to you. And be kind one to another. Tender-hearted. That doesn't have anything to do with being mean or tough or rough. Being tender-hearted. Yeah, but I'm a man. I'm tough on the exterior. It's wonderful to be tough on the exterior, but you need to be soft and loving and a big teddy bear on the inside. Amen? Tender-hearted. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another. Forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Love gives and love forgives. Forgiven people ought to be forgivers. Forgiven people. You've been forgiven? Who are we to hold something against somebody then? Forgiven people, those who have received mercy, then ought to be showing mercy. Say this with me. Forgiven people ought to be forgivers. Love gives and love forgives. God so loved the world that he what? That he gave. Now, if I'm really walking in love, and if you're really walking in love, you will be a giver. You will be a forgiver. Amen? I believe that the epitome of kindness is forgiveness. Walking in forgiveness is being Christ-like. Amen? Look at Matthew chapter 6 now. Here's where it gets a little serious. Matthew, the 6th chapter. And notice with me in verses 9 through 14. Matthew 6, verse 9 through 14. says, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Where? On earth. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our tamales. Amen. Give us this day our steak sandwich. Give us this day our Portuguese beans. Amen? Or whatever you like to eat. Of course, that speaks linguisa. There you go. Another Portuguese lady on the front row. Of course, daily bread not only speaks of your natural food, but it also speaks of your spiritual sustenance. You know, you're receiving some sustenance this morning. Give us this day, Lord, our daily bread. Amen? Now notice here in verse 11. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not in temptation. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And amen. And I want you to notice verse 14 with me. This is very important that we grab hold of this today. Verse 14 says, For if you forgive men their trespasses... Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now that's good, right? But what if we don't forgive? 
What if I don't forgive a person? Will my Father in heaven forgive me? We see here that in Matthew chapter 6 that sin is referred to as a debt. And this thing, these are not talked about enough. Here is a case, dear brothers and sisters, where God will not forgive. When you hold something against somebody from the past, or when you hold something against somebody even from this morning on the way to church, (laughs) until you release that, God won't forgive you. I thought I'd get an enthusiastic response from you. Let me ask you this. If I refuse to give, I mean, I just refuse to give, or if you refuse to give, how would that affect our lives? How would that impact our lives? Graves are filled with Christian people today that refuse to forgive. Lives have been shortened because of spirit of bitterness. Ministers have died in their pulpit because of strife and ill will. It's serious stuff. Strife is a killer. Unforgiveness is a robber. I read something yesterday. How many remember how many remember Ronald Reagan? Patty Davis, the daughter of Ronald Reagan, said that her dad made a lasting impression on her the day after the assassination attempt of nineteen eighty two. She says, the following day, my father, Ronald Reagan, said he knew his, listen, he knew that his physical healing was directly dependent on his ability to forgive John Hinckley, an enemy that shot him. By showing me that forgiveness is the key to everything, that's what Ronald showed his daughter, including physical health and healing, he gave me an example of Christ-like thinking. You want to walk in divine health? Be quick to forgive. You want to walk in divine life? You want to live your life out? Be quick to let it go. Be quick to release it. Now, you don't need to turn there. Stay stay right where you're at. Just up in my spirit comes a verse of Scripture that I'm going to read to you. And this is a, a good thing to remember. Amen? How many of you know divine health belongs to you? Amen. Amen. We're going to live long. We're going to live strong. Hallelujah. We're going to be long-suffering. We're going to walk in love. Now notice in Ephesians 15, 26, I'm going to read it. He says, If you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do what is right in His sight, And you will give ear to his commandments. Well, we're talking about the greatest commandment of all time. That you love one another. If you'll do that. 
He said, I will permit none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am, I am, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Hallelujah. One person said this. He said, he who cannot forgive others break the bridge over which he himself must pass. For every man has need to be forgiven. Unforgiveness, dear brothers and sisters, unforgiveness opens the door to the enemy. Sin lets the devil in. Now let me remind you of something Paul addressed to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 4.27. He said, neither give place... To the devil. The word place there is topos, which we get the English word topography from, which means don't even give him an inch on the map of your life. Don't give him any place. Now, the enemy knows this, and that's why he is always trying to stir people up against one another. Ministers against ministers. Small wars have been fought over stupid stuff. Over just... People not agreeing with one another. Relationships that God put together. Divine connections have been broken over stupid stuff. That's true in the ministry. That's true in the home. That's true on the job. That's true with friendships. Constantly trying to stir stuff up. I'm encouraging you today to don't allow the least bit of animosity into your life. Sin is the devil's way in. Holding on to the hurts of our past can poison our present and limit our future. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11, notice this with me, and it's okay that you don't turn it up there, but just listen here for these next few moments. Paul is addressing a very situation in the church at Corinth um, uh, one of the men in the church had been sleeping with his stepmom and he was a leader in the church and they were just kind of acting like it was okay. And so Paul addressed them in the book of 1 Corinthians to deal with it and they did deal with it. And so then in 2 Corinthians, he's encouraging them on what they did and how they did it. And he reminds them of the importance of dealing with things and also forgiveness. Notice this in verse 11 in 2 Corinthians 2. He says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. What Paul is saying here today, dear saints, is don't give him any leverage. That unforgiveness is a device of the enemy. How many of you know it's serious business when you don't forgive? And just like unforgiveness provides access for the enemy to come in to steal and to kill and to destroy, forgiveness and walking in love provides him access into our lives. And when he's got access into your lives, there's health, there's joy, there's peace, and the floodgates of heaven are open in your life. 
This is walking in the highest realm of life is walking in God and walking in love. Hallelujah. Say it with me. I'm walking walking. in the love of God. Now, look at Luke 17 and notice with me in verse 3 through 5. Luke 17, uh, verse 3 through 5. Thank you, Lord. Billy Graham said this. This is an awesome statement. He said, in one bold stroke, you can do that today. And I'm not preaching this because I'm dealing with unforgiveness in the church. I mean, this is between you and the Lord. But Billy Graham said this. He said, in one bold stroke, forgiveness obliterates the past and permits us to enter the land of new beginnings. In one bold stroke. Forgiveness obliterates the past and permits us to enter in to the land. Nothing can hold you back, saith the Lord, for I am for you, I am in you, and I am working on your behalf. As you have let the past go, know this, that your future is bright. And it is a day of new seasons, and it is a day of new beginnings. So rejoice and be glad, for my healing is working in your heart. It's working in your body. And I'm about to do some great and mighty things for you that your mind has never thought of. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 It's a new day. It's a new season. New relationships are coming your way. God hookups. God connections. It's always been in your heart to serve me and to work for me. And you've done that. And you've done well, saith the Lord. And I would remind you today that a faithful person will abound with blessings. So get ready for abundance, says the Lord. Get ready for the blessings to come upon you and overtake you in many areas of your life. Amen. Well, if that's for you, I'd just be thankful for it. Hallelujah. (laughs) Woo, glory. Shekabasata. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. It didn't work out, but something better is coming. Something greater. And you'll be glad. Amen. From the quote letter in December 1996, Clara Barton, the founder of the American Red Cross, was reminded one day of a vicious deed someone had done to her years before. But Clara acted as if, it had, as if she had never heard of the incident. Her friend said, don't you remember it? Clara said, no, I distinctly remember forgetting it. 
<laughs> I distinctly remember forgetting it. Hey, glory to God. Forgetting those things which are behind. Pressing on toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This is Luke 17, verse 3 through 5. Jesus says, Take heed to yourselves that thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him in 30 days. Let him suffer a while. I'll forgive all right, but I've got to wait till the last dog is hung. You just go in the other bedroom, boy. No, that's not forgiveness. And it's an open door. Be quick to keep that door closed. You'll have, you, you've discovered it already, but I'll remind you, you'll have ample opportunity <laughs> to keep the door shut. Amen? Yeah. And verse 4 says, And if you trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again into thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. I can imagine he probably stepped back when he heard that. Oh, yeah. Seven times? In another uh, gospel, he says seven times 70. That's 490. Yeah. And it denotes in the same day. How could that happen in the same day? These guys were under constant uh, persecution. Everywhere they went. The doctors of the law, the Pharisees, people hated Jesus. And they hated his disciples. But forgiven people ought to be forgivers. And here's what the apostles' response was. Oh, Jesus, increase our faith. (laughs) Lord, increase our faith. That's a revelation many people haven't got yet. We love by faith. Faith works by love. We forgive by faith. Faith will not work in an unforgiving heart. One person said the Bible talks about being quick to forgive. And the longer we wait, the harder it is going to be. The longer we hold on to resentment, the deeper that root of bitterness grows. The way to get better and not bitter is not to rehearse past situations. Forgive and go on. And move on with your life. And move in to the greater. Move in to the stronger life. Move into the prosperous life. Move into the giving life. Move into the loving life. Dwell in Him. Live in Him. Live for Him. The Bible says that He will be a Father unto you and He will do some awesome things in your life. Let's stand up. Amen? Let's pray a prayer together today. Did you get anything this morning? Thank God we got something today. Amen? Andy Stanley says forgiveness is simply a decision to cancel a debt. It's simply a decision to cancel a debt. Let's raise our hands toward heaven before we're dismissed today. Pray this with me. Heavenly Father, I've heard clearly your word. I choose love's way. Because love's way is your way. You are love. I'm a child of love. As you are, so am I in this world. I choose to forgive. I choose to release. 
I choose to let go. Anyone and everyone that has ever wronged me. I let bitterness go. I let wrath go. I let all anger go. And in releasing those things, I declare I'm free. I'm released. From this day forward, I'm walking in the Spirit. I'm walking in the life of God. And I'm walking in the love of God. And I give you praise for it. Now just with both hands up like this, say, Lord, I receive my healing. I receive my strength. I receive from the floodgates of heaven. Heavenly Father, you have access into my life. Come on, let's praise him. Hallelujah.